0: Psalm 93 It's a very short psalm Only five verses But it packs a punch Very forceful psalm Let me read it out loud Talk about it briefly The Lord reigns He is robed in majesty The Lord is robed He has put on strength as his belt Yes The world is established. It shall never be moved. Your throne is established from old; You are from everlasting. The floods have lifted up, O Lord. The floods have lifted up their voice. The floods lift up their roaring. Mightier than the thunders of many waters. Mightier than the waves of the sea. The Lord on high is mighty. Your decrees are very trustworthy. Holiness befits your house, O Lord, forevermore. Um, it's a structure of the psalm as five triads, roughly uh, following the verse divisions. Because, and in the first two-thirds of the verse one, like we're told three times about God clothing himself, right? Robing himself. Uh, the Lord reigns he's robed in majesty that's the first time the Lord is robed second time and he has put on strength that's the third time like he's putting on strength and, and that last phrase putting on strength is used throughout scripture to refer to being equipped for battle so for example uh, in Second Samuel twenty-two forty, he says for you equipped me with strength it's the exact same phrase in Hebrew equipped me with strength for the battle the same thing is said in Psalm eighteen thirty-nine. so it's the image of God basically clothing himself as the warrior king he's clothing himself robing himself girding up girding himself with the belt the strength to go out for battle um, and and the lord is robed with majesty and strength uh, and he has established his rule his throne forever over this world and that's what we see it's in the second triad which begins from the end of verse one to all of verse two uh, it says, yes, the world is established. That's the first thing that's established. Secondly, it, it, it shall never be moved. Your throne is established from of old. And then lastly, you, yourself, is from everlasting. You are from everlasting. And uh, the Lord established the world. He established his rule over it. And then he himself is from everlasting. Uh, that triad really is kind of talking about the fact that the world is immovable and that God is unchangeable. He doesn't change. His rule is not uh, up for grabs. Uh, it's right. Someone was. I saw somebody talking about the election. Right. All those house seats are up for grabs. God's throne is never up for grabs. He's sovereign. he's establishes rule forever. Um, and uh, uh, in verse three, uh, we find a challenger to this warrior king, um, and repeats three times. Right. The floods have lifted up, O Lord. The floods have lifted up their, the floods lift up their roaring. Uh, The floods really, uh, in ancient Near Eastern kind of mindset, in imagery, represent all the forces of chaos and evil. And and so you can really attribute, kind of substitute that with that word, the floods, with anything in your life that's really uh, evil, suffering, difficult things, results of sin, that are, Kind of rebelling against God and His created, cre- cre- uh, creational order in your in our lives, and uh, all the things in the world—rulers and empires that set themselves against the Lord, evil suffering in the world, uh, difficult circumstances of our own lives—that make us question God's sovereign rule over us—all these are floods that lift up and raise their voice against God. Um, and, uh, and then, verse four, we find the the outcome. Right of this challenger. Uh, And verse 4, mightier than the thunders of many waters, mightier than the waves of the sea, the Lord on high is mighty. Once again, three times, mighty, mighty, Um, all-powerful. You might think that the enemies that we face are mighty. You might think that the problems you face are mighty. You might think that uh, the evil and sin in your own heart and in this world are mighty. But the Lord is mightier still. He is the one that's mighty. He's on high. In fact, he says, right? He's on high. The Lord on high is mighty, meaning beyond the reach of these thundering waves, roaring waves that are below us. Uh, The challenger has thrown his best punch, but the Lord is not phased in the least, right? He, he the waves can't even reach him. That's the picture that's being painted here. And in verse five is the application for the believer. For these reasons, it says, Your decrees are very trustworthy. Holiness befits your house, O Lord, forevermore. Because God is king forever. Uh, because his reign is established beyond doubt. His decrees, his word, his testimonies are very trustworthy. Uh, it's really exceedingly trustworthy. That's what that expression means. And do we really believe that? right? Do we believe that when the waves of our lives are thundering around us, roaring about us, that what God has said is very trustworthy. Do we take God at his word? When our circumstances don't seem to match up with the things that God has told us, God has promised to us, do we still live by what he has said? Do we still live by what we believe or do we live by what we feel and see? Um, And because God's decrees are very trustworthy, it says, holiness befits God's house, right? Holiness captures the idea of something is that it's sacred, set apart from things that are common. Uh, and God's house is something that is set apart for God, set apart from the rest of the world. And the word house also can mean, uh, it contains the idea of a household. Uh, and and, so, and that's, that idea is taken up in the New Testament because it describes the people of God as the temple of God, right? Mm-hmm. The dwelling place of the Holy Spirit. And, uh, and we are also the family of God. And because God's decrees are very trustworthy, God's people should follow them. And, and following God's very trustworthy decrees, uh, we should become increasingly characterized by holiness. People who are set apart for God, for his special purposes, consecrated to him uh, forevermore. And, uh, and when we examine our own lives, right? If, we, if someone... You know, uh, we're to able to get a kind of a long view of our entire life, right? Uh, and to see all the details, everything we say, everything we do, uh, everything we buy, everything we watch. Uh, do we, would we look like people who have been consecrated to God, set apart for a special purpose? Would we look like that? Someone that is given wholly to this God who is ruled in majesty and strength. Or does it look like we belong to another someone else Um, and the predominant metaphor in the psalm of of god as the warrior king right who subdues the seas uh is fulfilled by jesus in the new testament Uh, and you guys can probably think of instances where that that comes out right it's well known in the old testament that only god can tame the sea right only god uh god is described as the one who walks uh, over the seas he's the one that sets the boundary for the sea and then throughout the gospels we see Jesus silencing the winds right and causing the storms to cease uh, and in Mark 4 39 it says that Jesus rebuked the wind and said to the sea peace be still and the wind ceased, and there was a great calm it shows that because Jesus is the son of God because he is the lord of creation that the Jews have been worshipping the, throughout, the, throughout the old covenant um, and the, but the greatest storm, right, that he comes right, is not the physical storm, right. It's the it's wait, what did Jesus come to, to, to do? He came to seek and save the lost, right. He came uh, to, to, so that uh, uh, Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners, right, of whom I am the worst, Paul says, right. And and, uh, and I think that's the, the, the when the unrelenting waves of our sins are lifting up their voice against God and they're clamoring for justice Jesus is the one that proves mightier than the thunders mightier than the thundering waves he's the one that proves mightier than uh, the waves of the sea Uh, and he died on the cross for our sins so that our sins can be forgiven by God so that our sins on our part are dealt with and then so that God's wrath can be satisfied so that his Uh, wrath against us can be silent so that both barriers keeping us from God and keeping God from us is removed in Jesus and we are uh, able to uh, reign with him join him united with Christ and so Jesus having been raised from the dead and ascended to the heaven he's the one that reigns as this eternal king and the main message really of this psalm is that the Lord Jesus is the eternal king whom we should trust and follow that God the Lord God is the eternal king whom we should trust and follow Uh, no matter how difficult things might get.